good. Sports talk with Mark finally on Wednesday nights, eight o'clock ish. Probably move it to eight thirty. Good news sports radio app. Check us out. We're now officially behind the Hoops Talking podcast. Hey, you know, it's, it, yeah, y'all, y'all good, y'all good, y'all good, y'all good, y'all good. But welcome to my new day. We're officially no longer on Saturday afternoons. It's all good. In the studio with me, I got him for a brief moment. He is a, I wouldn't call you Rob Parker Disciple. I'm going to call you Rob Parker Disciple. I, I, I think Rob Parker Friends works well. Yeah. <laughs> like Rob Parker Friend. Yeah, that works well. Friend, Friend. I say, because you, you had that relationship tight for a long time. Yeah, that's my guy. For sure. But, yeah, the voice you just heard, Martin Weiss. What's happening, man? How you doing, man? Thanks hey. for having me on. Man, thanks for coming on. I know you are a very busy individual, but real quick, just for my listeners out there who haven't heard of you before, if they have, you know, just give us a little bit of background, you know, what you're doing out here in the sports industry, because I know you got plenty of stuff on your resume. So, you know, just tell us a little bit about yourself until we get into the topics. Well, I – uh I'm one of the producers for Undisputed with Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp. For sure. So I'm I am part of the gas that makes that car go. For sure. And uh, I also uh, guest host segments on The Odd Couple on Fox Sports Radio with Rob Parker and Chris Broussard. Yeah, I saw I saw your segment on there. How long did that get started? About two weeks ago now? Oh, no, no, no. See, I've been doing it for about five months, but I wanted to wait until you want to solidify things before you put it out there. Yeah, the for world. sure. Because I started seeing the videos of it. Uh, I started seeing the videos recently. So tell us a little bit real quick about your segment on there. So for those of you, again, it's on Fox Sports Radio. Um, You have Sirius XM. What channel is it? 83. 83 Sirius XM. Um, Where you can listen to Fox Sports Radio and Undisputed, depending on what time of day. Yes, you're right, because we are on the West Coast. But, yeah, what's a little bit about your segment? So it's called Trolling or Rolling, and basically it's just, I don't know, it's just something fun to do. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll take a story and – uh, Jalen Ramsey, Jalen Ramsey says he wants a contract extension, and okay. I'll paint the picture as to why he should get one. Or, or I'll paint, I'll basically, I'll put the story out there, right? So I'll be like, oh, okay, yeah. Jalen Ramsey is at training camp, but wants a contract extension. He's not going to get one after he tweeted, "They're going to have to pay me so much, they'll have to put me on layaway." Borrowing the court from Deion Sanders, Rob, are you trolling or rolling with Jalen? If he's rolling, he'll be like, I agree with him. Blah blah mm-hmm. blah. He's trolling. I'm trolling. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Cool. Cool, man. Well, yeah, y'all. Check them out. Fox Sports Radio. I couple featuring Rob Parker and Chris Broussard. So, um, biggest topics from the world of basketball over the weekend. We know who won the finals. All right, that's cool. But Anthony Davis is finally getting traded to the L.A. Lakers after a failed attempt in February. Thoughts, comments, concerns, opinions about AD to the Lakers, which is finally going down. Well, I mean, it's just – I mean, after – it's just – I'd say the number one thing, it's got to feel good for at least – well, at the time, for at least 24 hours of good news for the sure. Los Angeles Lakers, right? Yeah. Because any time that you've heard their name since uh, since signing LeBron, any time that you've heard the Lakers in, you know, and just in, in talk, it's, it hasn't been positive. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. – Now, I've, I've seen different articles. I've heard different opinions from various, you know, outlets talking about um, the Lakers may be a winner. Pelicans are a winner because of the collection of talent they got plus the future draft picks. But is there really a winner in this scenario at this point? It's just because, I mean, in my opinion, it's too early to tell. We got to let it play out between who has, who has the best record, who 
well, playoffs, I mean, things but, like that. But sitting here on Juneteenth, we can sit here and, and decide. Happy Juneteenth, everybody. But like sitting here today, we can sit here and be like, okay, well, there's definitely winners and losers. If you look at it in a binary of, well, did the Lakers or the Pelicans win the trade? Yeah. I'd be forced to say the Pelicans won the trade. But, well, it, the Pelicans won, in my opinion, because the deal that they ended up accepting for Anthony Davis was significantly better than the one they turned down in February. Mm-hmm. Now, right. they also didn't get Kyle Kuzma this time around, which he was on the table back in February. I still think that. I think the deal that they just got is much better than, like, I. Th- sure. Anyway, but that's that's one thing, right? Now, yeah. now if I'm the Los Angeles Lakers, the day I make this, the day I make this trade, I'm feeling real good about it because it's like I told it's like I told my friends, mm-hmm. the Pelicans may have won this trade, right? But if I tell you that you can get a Maserati for ninety thousand dollars, you're like, yo, I'm gonna do that. That's probably a really good deal, right? <laughs> yeah. Now, six months later, I tell you, you can get the same Maserati retails for two hundred thousand, right? Right. But I can get it to you for one twenty. Like, damn, that's still a good deal. It's thirty more hundred. It's thirty thousand more than I wanted to, than I could have paid. Yeah, but I'm still coming up. Yeah, right now that was before I knew that the somehow they did not do the due diligence to somehow <laughs> to make sure they would have the appropriate amount of cap space after <laughs> yes. making the trade yes. to be able to sign <laughs> another player. So it's just like you had twenty four hours of good news, yes. and then you dipped it's, right back into what like because it's life after the trade now. Well, because. Yeah, you traded away five players. That's amazing, right? That's great. That's awesome. You got a top five player back. You have two of the top five players in the NBA, and there's no team that can say that. There's no, like, even at the start of last year, everybody healthy. No team could have said that. Right. Now you do. But if you don't, if you just seem like, it seems like they don't know what they're doing. Right? Like, and I, and I, because now there's another report via ESPN that's saying that, you know, the Lakers are trying to get rid of another three more extra players to create more cap room. How does that happen, right? How does that occur? How does how does, how does Mo Wagner or Jamario Jones or Isaac Bonka stand in the way of me signing Kemba Walker, right? Like, right. like how, do, how do I as an organization allow that to be the case? If I'm supposed to be... This 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 organization that the yes. Lakers everything's better when LA is good. <laughs> da, 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 da. You know LeBron AD championship rings rings rings. Like how 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 do I entrust that this organization is going to a if they're not first of all the the last Lakers free agent I can't I honestly do not remember like the last time the Lakers signed the marquee free agent right. It's been a long time. The guy on the market right except for LeBron. Yeah, most of the marquee guys they've either drafted or it's traded. A trade. It's a trade. They no, even even the Shaq guys, was a trade. They trade like Lakers make trades and sign free agents, right? That's kind of how they build the team. Shaq was on first things first just yesterday, saying like, "I don't care about the draft picks. We care about the draft picks. We make trades." Okay, got it, got it, a hundred percent. Yep. So either you're not making the right type of trade because you still got three in the grand scheme of the NBA non consequential players yes. holding you up from consequential players, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Like that's that seems to be what the mix is, right? You yeah. Know, like, and they're they're over here having to like try to buy second round picks because they got to replace the second round picks that they already have. Yeah. Because those guys count on the vet minimum, and I understand you got the Maserati, but you didn't think that you were going to pay insurance to put gas in a motherfucker, right? <laughs> exactly. That's what they're doing. They're they're they just like you said. They have the car. They got the brand new spanking car, and forgot about. Life of owning that brand spanking new car. The insurance. Hell, more than just gas, oil changes, tire changes. Like, there's still more parts to it 
that they need to actually put together outside of just having two superstars in your starting lineup, which really ain't gonna get you nowhere. I mean, I mean, they'll get you. They'll get you. It'll get you a playoff as long as everybody stay healthy. And I'm not banging on Anthony Davis to stay healthy. I mean, at I, all. They'll probably all. They'll probably both be on the Kawhi plan. Play 55, 60 games, 60 games throughout the year. Sit against teams like Orlando, not Orlando, but like uh, Phoenix they'll, or. They'll sit Orlando know. when but, Orlando comes out here. But in the grand scheme of things, this is. This move for the Lakers is a championship move, right? That's the reason why you make LeBron moves. Like That's the reason why you make these moves with LeBron on your team. You trade away the next draft for the next five years because it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right? Because if you win a ring, preferably two or three, right, I imagine they think that they're going to do if they sign (laughs) Anthony Davis long term. Yeah. Who gives a damn what happens? Just like ask. Lakers fans will be A-OK with it. Yeah. But it just seems as if, especially when you're in a situation where you, in a, in essential, you're you're negotiating against yourself, right? Yeah. Because Danny Ainge offered Jason Tatum. All right, you know, thanks for wasting my time. You know, mm-hmm. like you're not like these guys aren't like these offers that were coming in were not real offers. Right. It's like yeah, I'll buy your Maserati for ten bucks. Cool. Well, I'm not gonna do that. Like I can yeah. I can I can sell it for one twenty. Yeah. Right? I can <laughs> sell it for, you know. Yeah. And so, like I think that it was ultimately ugly for the Pelicans. But my first reaction when I saw the deal come down was that is a franchise change. That is a franchise altering deal yes. for New Orleans. Yes, like they can legit be a playoff team with what they got right now. I mean, Lonzo, the core of Lonzo Ingram, uh, Drew Holiday. No, 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 no. The other Laker. Oh, Lonzo Ingram, oh, Josh Hart, Josh Hart. Yeah, and uh, Kyle Kuzma. And freaking Larry Nance and uh, Jordan Clarkston and Julius Randle. Yeah. That that team two years ago, before LeBron got there, I mean, I guess the regular season, they beat the they beat the defending champion Warriors at that time. They were yeah. a fun team to watch. They won yeah. like 35 games. And that, was a, and that was a team being built the way the Warriors were being built when they were coming up, which was guys that you drafted and they had them grow together. So take out Julius Randle, input Zion Williamson, take out, you know, the minutes that Josh Hart was – or take out KCP and yeah. put in Drew Holiday. Yeah. I think that's a pretty good team. Josh Hart is a, Josh Hart is a solid seventh guy. And whoever the Pelicans get at the fourth pick, assuming they keep it tomorrow night. I think they're going to move it. I think, that's, I think that's why you make a deal like this with all these pick mm-hmm. swaps and all this – like all these first-round picks is because, listen, I'm the New Orleans Pelicans, and David Griffin seen it when he was the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yes. We only getting this thing done through the draft and through trade. Mm-hmm. It don't matter how much cap space we got. Yeah. The only thing that we're going to do with cap space is take Russell. Is we're going to take somebody who's named blank, blank contract. Yeah. That's what it is. We're going to be yep. Russell Westbrook contract in two years. John Wall's contract in two years. Yeah. Chris Paul's contract in two years. Or next year. Yeah. Uh, let's see speaking. <laughs> but that's all you're going to do if you're – yeah, Sacramento or New Orleans or Orlando or yeah. you name it. There but, it and is. he's he's playing he's playing the game to what he knows best as a small market team who's not going to attract a top five free agent player. So in order to make for that team to stay relevant, he has to play the game and navigate things a little differently. I mean, who would have thought LeBron was actually going to go back to Cleveland before he actually went back? I. I, I will say it. I will I not say it. at I'm least on the record. I, I won't say it. I won't say the year before, but like even before then. Did you think he was going back at some point? No, I wrote it when he left. I wrote it when he left. For sure. I wrote it when he left, and then 
Because I, I just thought the idea that LeBron James. Did you think he was going to retire as a Cavalier? No. Okay. I, I, I said the same thing when he when he came back. The whole I'm coming. Like, yeah. He was leaving because they were not putting around him the talent. He's taking guys like Daniel Gibson and, and Eric Snow and – I mean, like he's taking all types of guys to the finals, like Zildjian, like this Larry is, Hughes, Larry Hughes. Yeah, he's just—I gotta look. He's gotta look around and be like, "What are y'all doing here?" Yeah, right. So, okay, cool. I'm gonna get a go ahead, get up out of here, go to Miami, and plus, too, I think we underestimate the idea that these kids, like, when he got drafted, he's a grown man, like legally, but he's like mentally a child. Like, not to say he's immature or anything like that. Sure, but. You went away to school, right? Yeah. I went to Grand Valley, so I didn't go too far. But that's not home. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a significant distance from where you live. I went to – I grew up – I'm from uh, – spent enough time in Detroit to claim it. And but you're originally from New where? New Orleans. Yes. But I graduated from high school in Detroit. and went to University of Michigan. I was 30 minutes away. I never went back home. And, you know, <laughs> I never I – because I, I feel you. It's a growing and learning experience. I feel like that's yeah. what he needed in Miami. Yeah, I, okay. I mean, hell, I did that in college too. Every summer, I didn't go home. I stayed on, exactly. I stayed I stayed on campus. campus. But then he goes back to Cleveland. He signed all these one plus ones, two plus ones. I'm like, he's not want to be there for real. Yeah, like if he wanted to be there for real, he would sign a long term deal and call it a day. He's t- he's keeping his ability to. He essentially was a free agent every summer because he signed these two year deals mm-hmm. that's a player option on the end. And guess what? I'm opting out. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's like. I don't. I don't begrudge him against it. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, right? Like it's not my job as a player to figure out how you're going to pay me. Yeah, right. That's not like if you can't get me under the salary cap, then I suggest you be better at your job, Mr. <laughs> General Manager. Yes. Right. Like Rob Polinka. If you can't get if you can't get the third guy under the salary cap, you should be better at your job, right? He still doesn't. In my opinion, he still doesn't know the job well enough, which he actually should because he's been on the other side of that as an agent who shouldn't know the damn salary cap. And how the thing works. I just, yeah, that, it's. He should know that. If maybe he don't need to know. But have somebody else in his. Exactly. Someone in the room needs, needs to, to hold their hand up and be like, hold on. Anthony Davis has a $4 million trade kicker. If we take him right now, that goes from 32 to 28. Right? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, somebody has to say that. Like, if, if, if no one does, that gives me the ultimate cause for concern. So, like, congratulations on your Maserati. I hope you have a driver's license. <laughs> Sticking with dysfunction and not going completely east, east yet, but let's go to Texas. Houston Rockets, it's been a couple reports as of this week that there's just this bunch of drama going on in Houston for the past year and a half where supposedly, allegedly, CP3 demanded a trade. Who knows? There's dysfunction between Chris Paul, James Harden. They can't get along. They don't talk. James Harden went to Daryl Morey, their general manager, and said, choose right now. Me or Chris Paul. What the hell going on in Houston? They were just two seasons ago a game away from going to the NBA Finals. Look, and And this year they ran to the same team, got beat again, actually got worse, beaten worse than they did the year before. What the hell going on in Houston? Uh, You know, it's the same. Well, first, I think they have Jacksonville Jaguars syndrome. You got closer than you were supposed to before it happened, right? <laughs> you got closer than where you're supposed to, and now everybody's trying to recapture, like, that was the thing. I don't know. I'm, I'm all over the place. It reminds me of Draymond Green three-point shooting. Draymond Green, has had, <laughs> he's had one year in his career where he was an above-average three-point shooter, and everybody's like, what's wrong with his shot? Yeah. Right? No, it's the opposite. Like, what was good with his shot before? Like, this is his shot. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, 
like with Chris Paul and the Rockets, I think they got to like all all right. When you subscribe to the gospel of basketball math, right? And that's what they do, right? Analytics. For those of you that don't know what he's talking about, analytics. We talked about this last Saturday, but keep going. It's just the threes and the layups, right? And eventually it whittles down to, well, Harden's the most efficient, so he should have the ball all the time. If you just keep following these analytical steps, you take out the fact that there's actual people involved who have to do this. And yes, well, just the fact is, is like yes, if every human operated at 100 percent every single time, every single day, they'd be called robots, right? Yeah. Some days James Harden's not going to feel well, right? Yeah. Maybe he had a, lof- a wrong, a long night out. Maybe his girlfriend is upset with him, and she's just going in on him as he goes off to the court. Maybe he just maybe he twisted an ankle. Who knows? All these different types of reasons as to mm-hmm. why James Harden may not be operating at 100 percent efficiency. Yes. Which basketball math does not account for. Right? Never. <laughs> and. I can see the clash. I don't know if Chris Paul necessarily went to the office and said, "Trade me now," <laughs> right? But I can very much see an I can very much see an environment in which he says, "Listen, I'm trying to connect with James Harden, and this is not working. One I of us, something has to change, right? Now, right. What, there's absolutely nothing that can change because they are they are the LeBron and the Anthony Davis of the Rockets, right? In terms of salary cap space, yes, they can't move anywhere, and the Rockets are still currently overpaying Chris Paul for what he for his production, and, and they're on the books for that for three more seasons so, at over forty million dollars a season. But the thing is, Chris Paul is if Chris Paul is washed, he's in the middle of the washing cycle. It is not done yet. It is not time to take him and put him in the dry. Chris Paul is still an effective NBA player, especially in a league where you have these dynamic guards, you can't tell me Chris Paul, I get it. He makes a ton of money. Yeah. But I want Chris Paul playing 25 minutes a night for my team. I I I would like him to be a plus defender and to work the refs and to, like, those are <laughs> things that I would like, right? Yeah. And I think Chris Paul would like that as well. But the thing is, he gets hurt the start of the year. The Rockets are, are, are doing terrible, right? The, the mm-hmm. Rockets were struggling at the start of the year. That was, people were, I mean, they, they, they were at the bottom. Yeah, they were like Phoenix level, right? They were like eleven and eleven, like one. I'm trying to remember. They had a bad record. Yeah, like it was bad. Like it was. People thought they weren't gonna make the playoffs because it was like Timberwolves, Rockets, Suns, like down there in the bottom of the the bottom of the uh, West. Meanwhile, the the Lakers were a top four team. Exactly. (laughs) While the Lakers were a top four team, and then boom, flip, right? But Chris Paul gets hurt, and James Harden starts doing this, like this. We have and another thing about analytics. We I think we champion stats that don't mean much. All right, or, or mean we make them mean more than they should. Yes, like his streak of thirty points unassisted for a, for however for like thirty some games. I don't know if that's a good stat, right? Right. Because even remember Kobe came out was like you won't win like that. Well. Yeah, cause and if anybody should know, it's Kobe. Kobe, Kobe was the <laughs> Kobe guy. Kobe the king of that. Well, Kobe's the guy. He's like, listen, my usage rate if it's a, if it's below thirty two, something's wrong, right? Like, I need the ball. Right. Kobe found out. I'm gonna have to pass it to some of these players, right? Right. And the thing is, look, I'm PJ Tucker. I'm not no Hall of Famer, right? You know what I'm saying? I'm not Shaq. I'm not. Or like, they don't have a Shaq. They don't have a Paul Gasol. They got a Clint Capella. And they, they got, got Eric Gordon. They got Eric Gordon. They got those type of guys, right? And it's like those guys are serviceable players for sure. But if you are just gonna come down here and I'm gonna play, I'm gonna play with the dribble through my legs three times and shoot it with seven seconds left on the shot clock. 
four four out of five times down. Then mm-hmm. on the fifth time, I'm gonna pass it to you for with five seconds left. And yo, make it work. Yep. Okay, that works for all of those guys because they're all role players. This is a good. Ah, hey, yo, I got a good fit in it. In the NBA, especially, it's not necessarily even about the talent level. Most of the time, it's about the fit. Mm-hmm. Like, there's plenty of guys who get cut who can play. Mm-hmm. You know, so I just got two point guards. I don't need a third point guard. I got two big men. I don't need another big man. Sorry. But that's not going to work for Chris Paul. He'll yeah. walk in first battle of Hall of Fame. He's like, yo, I've been doing it. I've been handling the ball since I was four years old. And <laughs> been pretty damn good at it. I got this far. He got the Clippers to the playoffs. I'm just like – I'm just saying, like, if I'm Chris Paul, it's like, yo, I have value here. I can tell you something. And it's like, I can see, it's the same thing we heard when he was dealing with Blake. That whole Chris Paul dribbling the air out the ball and pointing and shit is annoying, right? Yeah. And James Harden sit back like, yo, I'm the MVP. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You scoring 12 points a game. So now, if you are, put your GM hat on. If you had to make the decision today to keep Chris Paul on the Rockets for next year and years beyond. Do you keep him or do you move him and try to go get a point guard that's going to get the hell out of James Harden's way? Well, if you, it were you. Look, Chris Paul and James Harden could be the best of friends and I'd be trying to move him. That contract is an albatross. <laughs> like, it don't have nothing to do with dysfunction. That has everything to do with you taking up 30% of my salary cap. You're 35 years old. I, w- I wish the Rockets could amnesty him and then he could just go be a free agent. But according to the CBA, they can't do that no more. Well, no, that's what. that's what – you know, if I'm the GM of the Houston Rockets, you damn right everybody's on the table. And I'm not trading James Harden, but I'm going to just say everybody's yeah. on the table. Well, yeah. I mean, you have to because what you've done up to this point has not worked. It's only getting you to the conference finals. And if the goal is to win a championship, clearly something has to change. As well as getting rid of Chris Paul's contract. But what I do, honestly, if I'm Daryl Morey and I'm uh well. If I'm the owner of the Rockets, I'm getting rid of Daryl Morey first. Well, I don't know what they got going on because they offered D'Antoni that low ball contract with all this. Like, do you think D'Antoni's a good coach for the Rockets? I think it doesn't matter who's coaching the Rockets if they're going to play basketball the way they're playing basketball. All right, like, does it matter who's the manager if you never can steal or you never can bunt? <laughs> no, right? It doesn't matter. It's like everybody's swinging for the fences. <laughs> it doesn't. There's no time for nuance. There's no time for call. James Harden come down screen dribble. James Harden come down no screen shoot. Like, okay, got it. That's the offense and defense. Just stay in front of your man. Like, which they don't even do. Well, because like this isn't seven seconds or less. Like this isn't D'Antoni in Phoenix. This isn't D'Antoni yeah. in L.A. When he's trying to make it run with Nash and and, and what's the name? Yeah, this is Dwight. something. This is some weird version of the it's the usage rate of seven seconds or less, but not nearly the it's, assist. It's the Phoenix Suns if analytics were important then. But I think they were even, like they were on analytics. It's the Phoenix Suns if Steve Nash was a thirty point scorer a game. With a big man that he could give it to in a Mark Stoudemire. But I'm just saying, like, part of the reason why the seven seconds or less works is because Steve Nash was willing to use He's like, look, I'm good going 15 and 10. Yeah. Chris Paul is not. Yeah. (laughs) And part of the reason why, because it's not getting 15 and 10 the way he wants to do it. And then the other thing, and this is a thing that I've seen in the NBA, champion but number one by LeBron, second close to Russell Westbrook. Harden did a lot last year. This whole notion of resting on the court. Oh, yeah. Is something that just is absurd to me. Like, the idea that, like, the idea that I'm going to have five players on defense and four on offense because you're deciding that you're going to take this one out, Mm -hmm. that's crazy to me. And it's like you're expending so much on the offensive end. Well, maybe, Coach, 
maybe, just maybe, we can get some sets. Because, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but the other 12 players on your team are NBA players, too. Correct. Right? So, it's like, but the idea that, like, if I'm Chris Paul, dude, I'm trying to win a championship. Do you understand what that would mean to my career and my life? I've been doing this for so long. And you younger than me. You've been to the finals. You was in the finals as a what? As a rookie or a second year player, James. Like, I get it. You think you may think this is close. You may think you were Kevin Durant away. Well, guess what, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Durant ain't coming. Well, I'm just saying, no, I'm Kevin, like if Kevin Durant never goes to the Warriors, maybe James Harden can sit up and be like, well, we would we would we'd be in the finals, right? Sure. But Chris Paul gotta sit there and be like, dog, that is not how this world spins. Like, that's just not how it goes. Yeah. I've been trying at this for a long time. Uh, and and if I'm especially because they they feel they got to feel so close, right? They have to. They have to, just because they've gotten close before. But I mean, it's a sink to me. Outside looking in, it's a sinking ship. If it doesn't sink all the way next year, then it's going down the year after. I'll if they want, if they want to salvage themselves, they need to shake up the team this year. Look, next year if they if they make it to the second round of the playoffs. I think they. I think next year they finish an under five seed, like five That's to eight. Legit. But if they somehow finish like tenth, eleventh, think realistically, I see what Harden was worth on the market. That's real. I mean, you have you, kinda, on, you have to kind of explore that option at at some point. I'm stuck under Chris Paul's forty million dollars for the for uh, two years after that. Yes, I, <laughs> I can't do anything with it. Right? I, no one's gonna take that. Nobody's gonna take it. Harden at least provides some value for other teams, and maybe I could get an Anthony Davis deal back. And I still have Chris Paul. Maybe I get – because that's the thing, right? If you're trading Paul George, you want to get players back. If you're trading Kawhi, you want players back. Like, you know, you want DeMar DeRozan. Thinking thinking along that level, this is – taking that train of thought, a potential trade that you may explore, if it were me, James Harden for potentially Jason Tatum. So, I mean, but that's the thing. It would be – that would be the – Jason Tatum would be the cornerstone, and you'd have to get other things Yeah, involved, for sure, for right? sure. I mean, but if you're yeah. talking to marquee superstar as far as a trade, Harden from the Rockets, Tatum from the Celtics, and you swap them along with other things, maybe even an additional team or two along with that. But if I'm the Rockets, I gotta, you got to explore getting rid of Harden at some point. But you know what? you know what's fun? You got Harden's contract, Chris Paul's contract, and came out today that the the Rockets are in the business for Jimmy Butler. You know why? Because Daryl Morey is good at his job of signing players. Oh, yeah, he'll sign players. Like, what he goes out and intends to do, he's good at making that deal, making that trade, signing the player, making the money work. Yeah. you know He's really good at making the money work, for sure. They were under the repeater tax this year. Like, they had luxury tax. Like, they they were under the tax. And they're about to go get Jimmy Butler. Look at that, Rob Palenka. (laughs) <laughs> I mean Exactly Chris Paul's got Top four worst contract In the NBA right now If not top one Off the top No John Wall's got the worst Alright fair enough John Wall's got the worst contract I think Russ is probably number two And Chris Paul eh, No Chris Paul's gotta be You gotta be three then No nah, I'd say Chris Paul's probably number two If Russ Russ probably three Okay Cause you still have value in Russ like, Yeah and he's younger Yeah but I don't even think he's 30 yet But You got that And you, about to, and you got enough Space to max out somebody else. I don't know how you're gonna figure it out, but you're gonna figure it out. <laughs> that's what that's what a, a GM and I I am all for. And they still have and they can still build a bench too because they still make it work. Like I was good with I was good with trading for Chris Paul from Houston. Although I was like this doesn't seem like the best fit, but sure. I'm good with 
the uh, the idea. Look, I'm pushing my chips into the table. Like, I'm good with what Masai did. I'm good with Danny Ainge with Kyrie. I'm good with it. He Kyrie left. It didn't work out. Kawhi won a championship. It worked out in Toronto. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, if you're not making these pushes, yeah, what are you? What are we doing? The whole point is to win. <laughs> Right? That's yeah. the whole point of this whole situation. So what are we doing if we can't, you know what I'm saying, if we're not winning? Yeah. And you mentioned Boston and Kyrie. I mean, the Celtics themselves are pretty much damn near crumbling. Not entirely because obviously they still got Jalen Brown and Jason Taylor in there. But Al Horford this week came out saying he's not going to resign, at least or for the next year for $30 million. Kyrie's gone. What the hell happened to Boston? Like this great experiment of collecting these assets – Using these assets for some pretty solid draft picks, but then going out and get superstar talent that no longer wants to be part of this experiment no more. But see, here's the thing. They didn't, like, the real cost of Kyrie Irving on the Boston Celtics was honestly, like, mental. Well, mental to the kids, like, to the, not to to disrespect them, but to the younger players on the team, right? Sure. Like, they traded away Isaiah Thomas, who they... Honestly, it made it easy for them, right? Because Isaiah Thomas was a feel-good story, hurt his hip, sister died, terrible. I don't mean to belittle any of that. For sure. You couldn't max him, right? Yeah. And I don't think nobody was going to max him He wasn't a max player when he was healthy. And then he comes out and he has all this very emotional situation, blah, blah, blah. That trade made it easier for Boston, right? Yeah. Then they gave up the eighth pick and turned into Colin Sexton. Cool. I'm good with that. I'll trade Kyrie for that. Every single time. And with the idea that, like, yo, we're Boston. Like, when's the last big free agent that Boston signed? I can't think of it. That was black? Never. (laughs) Exactly. That's not Gordon Hayward. I was going to say that's black. No. And Gordon Hayward, honestly. That didn't turn out well. Honestly, even before he broke his leg, the only reason people were talking about Gordon Hayward was because it was the force of the lie when he signed. Like Kevin Durant when he signed. Like LeBron when he signed. It just was the big free agent, but Gordon Hayward is not on that level, and he wasn't then, and he isn't now, and he won't be in the future. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> Hell, I mean, you're not speaking something that to the, not even to the untrained eye, can't tell. I mean, Gordon Hayward left the team. Yeah, they retooled a bit, and but then the 15th pick, what, Donovan Mitchell, 15th, 17th, I don't know where he was picked. Yeah, he was, like, he was a teens. Out the lottery. They were right back, right? And he's going toe to toe with Russ, in right? The, like in the playoffs. But anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. And he also just got Mike Conley added to the squad too. But to the Jazz. So like, to me, I was like Danny Ainge the way he did it. I understand the uh, the reservations or whatever, but the assets that they have that they did not trade. Mm-hmm. Everybody was in on Jason Tatum. People like Jalen Brown. Like, there's part of the reason why everybody's trying to trade for these guys, right? Or everybody's yeah. asking if they're going to be involved in his trades. Because, yeah. like, to me, Boston has a solid core. And the NBA is wide open. Especially the East is wide open. Yeah. But I just – I wouldn't have made a trade for Anthony Davis. Especially the way they, that they were they were talking, the way they were acting in terms of, like, AD's, AD's out of here. I would have low-balled him, too. Like, if, well, yeah, I'm, it, if I'm Danny And then, Ainge. I mean, Anthony Davis threw – Rich Paul, through his father, said he wasn't even going to stay in Boston anyway, so what's the point? Now, outside of potential free agency coming up in – or free agents coming up in a week, a little over a week, week and some days, we got the NBA draft coming up tomorrow. 
which y'all can watch on ESPN. I think it comes on four o'clock West Coast time. Uh, there was an article that came out this week, Martin. You actually covered it on radio earlier today uh, from Kevin Arnovitz of ESPN saying that the NBA should get rid of the draft. How do you feel about that idea and players as rookies coming out and being able to pick where they want to play? I'm 100% for it, and I think it would make the league a better place all around. I really do. Why is that? Well, because, all right, so there's a couple different angles to take it from, but, like, you know, I don't necessarily care for tanking. I, and I think yeah, I'm not one, I'm not someone who's, like, remarkably, like, offended by tanking or something like that, but mm-hmm. I feel for the guys on the team, right? Yeah. You know, like, that's no good for, like, for the fans, well, for or the even fans. for the players, that yeah, that's what I'm saying. I feel for the fan, like the fans are going to be there, right? The fans. I've, if you're a Sixers fan, you were a Sixers fan when Elton Brand Ooh. was playing for the Sixers, <laughs> and now you're a Sixers fan when Elton Brand's the GM of the Sixers, right? You were there for the whole process. You may yeah. have been like, "Oh, this is dumb. Why are we taking all these number one picks?" But you were there, and now mm-hmm. you're in the playoffs, and you're good with it, right? Realistically speaking, like you may have had some down, but those like. KJ McDaniels had to go out and play 62 games for that team. You know what right. <laughs> like, Hell, Michael Carter-Williams. Remember that guy? But, he was part of that tanking process. But, yeah, so I don't find the tanking necessarily offensive, but I think if, if there was no draft, if there was no, quote, number one overall pick, mm-hmm. then there would be no incentive to do so, right? Absolutely Correct. no incentive to do so. And the, the I feel like the major – well, now, what about that one fan out there that goes, well, if there's no draft, then how can we New Orleans, Sacramento, Orlando, maybe Indiana, Minnesota, Memphis, how do we get a star player? The way you get star players is, A, you be smart with your cap. Because right now, because the salary cap will still be in play. Yes. You still got to fit rookies under your salary cap, right? Even now, rookies draft have to fit under their salary cap. And because there is a draft, there are slots on how much they can make, mm-hmm. right? There wouldn't be slots on how much they can make. Mm-hmm. So Zion could come in five years, 110, right? Yeah. And guess where he can't go now? Los Angeles. There's a lot of places he couldn't go anyway. But I'm just saying, because yes. they can't, they got to fit him under the cap. Yep. So he's already beholden to a few different places, right? But the thing is, what I would tell you, if you're in New Orleans, if you're Phoenix, if you're – let's just keep Phoenix, for example. Okay. Right? Phoenix has had – Aiton was the number one pick. Booker was a late lottery. Like, I think it was seventh. Yeah. Uh, they, they have several early picks, right? Maybe if your GM or your team president wasn't putting goats in the GM's office on draft day, <laughs> right? Yeah. Then you would have a better team. Like, just look at the Pelicans. The Pelicans are the perfect example of what I would tell every small market team that would be like, well, we'll never get a star. Well, here's the thing. Okay, you fired Mickey Loomis and the football organization, right, that's running the Pelicans. Guess what? A small market mismanaged. Wow, go figure, right? (laughs) You hire David Griffin. You bring in Trajan Landing. Now you have an environment that is inviting to people to come and want to play. They want to, people want to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? People will see it and be like, well, Hmm. of the seven teams I could pick, Philly's probably the best one, but new Orleans is the one that's set up for the future. And I'm going to get the, I'm going to get real tick on. And I think to your point, Martin, what I think a lot of fans that observe the game don't really give a lot of players credit for is that players give a damn about management. Like players want to play incompetent work, places just like we do on a day-to-day basis no matter what profession you do you want to go somewhere where management is on their shit i I mean look you and me 
Two regular guys, right? Yes. Imagine you go to work. As, I mean, I have to imagine very hard, but you go to work. It's like, man, you go to see your boss. I hate that MF. That's the worst dude on the planet, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, you know, what? what's the advice to that? Okay, go get another job. Right? That's that's what, that's what yep. we can tell you. Go right. Get a go job. be a free agent. But the thing is, imagine if you were one of the 200 best people on the planet talking in the microphones right now. I'm not dealing with this shit from you, boss. <laughs> no, exactly. My talent. No, I, I, I'm like it's to me. It's just ridiculous. And honestly, like with the with the mental health of players, and it's just the way that we talk about players being unhappy. Like maybe if Anthony Davis wasn't forced to spend the first seven, or the forced is strong, right? Because he did. They did. He did the first extension, but but the first naturally he was going to do that anyway. Well, the first extension they make it is so it's such a no brainer that you stay. That it's it's. It's crazy that Kristaps got traded because he said he wasn't going to sign it, right? <laughs> like, that's how crazy. Then, like that—that that was an unheard of move before it happened, right? Yeah. So it's just if if John Morant was like, you know what? I like Memphis. They just traded Mike Conley. I'll be able to run that show. I like Triple J. I'll be good to go. Yeah, let's go to Memphis. Yeah. But Memphis should have to go and pitch John Moran as to why you should come here instead of playing for Phoenix next to Devin Booker. Yeah. I think, like, I don't, we do it, like, at every stage, like, now, but now just simply because Zion is the odds-on favorite to be the number one pick, he's going to be living in New Orleans for the next four years minimum. Minimum. At, at most likely seven, right? Yeah. And that has nothing to do with anything that he wants to do. Yeah. He may, like, he may just want to play in the league, and that's fine. And I get that. But it's a lot easier to – my daddy always gave me good advice. Shout said, out to your pops. He said, date, like, like, who likes you? Oh, yeah, for sure. Right? You got two girls, one of them over here, one of them over there, and the one on the left is giving you more time. Lean left. Yeah. Right? Go right. Go ahead, girl. The girl on the right, you don't see what I offer. Okay? If I'm the Phoenix Suns, come on, Josh. I'm gonna make like what do you want? We can and that's that's the thing too. We all can offer the same money, mm-hmm. so it puts it puts the onus on the organization to improve. It puts the onus on the organization to improve the environment. Like if Kansas wasn't getting recruits, they would switch it up because they're like, yo, we're losing recruits to Carolina and Duke and Michigan and Florida and and USC and so on and so forth. Right? Yep. We got to get these guys. How are we gonna do it? We got to beat these guys in recruiting. Yep. Why? Why don't? Why doesn't? Why do the Cleveland Cavaliers get LeBron James, Anthony Bennett, uh, would have had Andrew Wiggins, and Kyrie Irving in the same decade? <laughs> like, in the same 10-year period. And Damn. they got one ring to show for it. Damn, that's crazy. I'm just saying, like, why is that? Why do Why do the Hornets get, or the, well, at the, uh, the Pelicans, rather. Yeah. Why do they get Anthony Davis for seven years and then, boom, right back into Zion? Like, there's no rhyme or reason, especially with the inflated lottery odds the way they are now. Yeah. And I I was listening to um I was listening to uh, Bomani Jones's uh, show before I got in today. He threw out a he threw out a crazy like random stat. He was like of in the last, I think it was since the draft lottery, of all the number one picks to actually stay and win a championship on the team that they were drafted, it's only been four. Since the draft lottery, number one picks to, to win the championship on the team they were drafted. Yes, Kyrie. Uh. LeBron doesn't count. LeBron counts. They counted LeBron on that list. Okay, because he didn't win it because he went into Cleveland. Well, but he, yeah, he went. Oh, to, he went to, but uh, he still got Miami. drafted by Cleveland. 
Okay. So they're still counting that because he still won it there. And there's two more. And I'll give you a clue. They were teammates when they won their championship. Teammates when they won their championship. Two overall number one picks. Robinson and Duncan. Yes. Wow. Hey, kudos to me. Shout out. <laughs> no, but that's because because everybody else either stays on that team and doesn't win, or they leave, which is the natural progression anyway. So instead of having to worry about guys leaving, yeah, like you said, teams need to be held accountable for being competent and having a place where shit players want to go. Like, look, if I'm Atlanta, I'm like, look, I am a destination right now. For young talent, uh, look at my look at look. I got Steph Young, uh, Steph Curry Jr. over here, who's just <laughs> balding faster. You know, I got John Collins, who's a player. Like I got two players on rookie deals. Man, come on, be a third part of this. But they don't get to pick till eight, right? Like Atlanta, guess what they got? Space. They could go max a guy. They could go do it right now. No, I need to know why certain players just don't want to go to Atlanta as free agents. Honestly, I've never had a good time in Atlanta. I mean, I kind of despise Atlanta myself. But yeah. I'm also not an NBA player going to strip clubs either. <laughs> I've been told by uh let me think. Uh, you guys you guys you got real sources out here in this world. Yeah, but it's not it's not <laughs> it's not like real but Jim Jackson told me one day he's like, "Listen, man. Shout out. There's only two free agent destinations in the NBA. It's New York and Los Angeles. The rest people deal with." Like okay. there are they're like Chicago and Miami, when you say and when you say New, New York and Los Angeles, we're talking Lakers and Knicks. Yeah, Lakers because we're Knicks. not talking Lakers, Clippers, Knicks, Nets. No, no, no. There's only yeah, two Lakers teams. Lakers and Knicks. And and part of the reason why was obviously the business opportunities so on and so forth. I'm like, what about what about Golden? What about Oakland? He's like, no, 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 no. The opportunities here and Oakland a little bit more now, so that because than the Silicon because. Valley. But it's like, man, like. The rest of it, yeah. it's just like, he's like, yo, you can take it or leave. I'm like, because I'm from New Orleans originally. And I'm like, sure. I personally think that New Orleans is the most unique city on the continental United States. And it's the only place that you can go inside the United States that feels like and is unique enough to feel like a different country at certain points in time. Right? For sure. It feels just, and, and it's tons of fun. It's a, it's a tourist destination. And it's not like Vegas, right? Like real people live there. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, Vegas, yeah, yeah. like everybody goes to Vegas and they leave. Like you don't have, yeah. tra- you don't have, how many, would you say New Orleans has a lot of transplants? No? No, nah, people, people grow up there. They live there and they die there. That's how All it right. goes, right? And the, but people move there. They don't leave, right? Cause it's, yeah. it's really honestly some of the most fun you can have legally in the United States. For sure. So I'm like, Jim, what's the deal? Like, your money goes longer. There's pretty women. Like, it's good food. It's good drink. He's like, man, look. I'm an NBA player. My money goes long everywhere I go. The food is good everywhere I go. The women are always pretty everywhere I'm at. Damn, that's real. <laughs> I, you know, whether I'm in Cleveland or in Dayton or in Muskegon, Michigan, it doesn't matter. <laughs> and when your money really long, you can live wherever the hell you want in the off season. And Have it. the NBA come out here to LA. Exactly. So he's like, I'd be seeing them at work. There's <laughs> you only do too. two free agent destinations in the NBA. <laughs> and it's the Knicks and the Lakers. And yeah. I was like, yo, that that's real. Everybody else, you just fit in. Like you go yeah. where you fit in. And nobody, at least not the black guys, definitely want to go to Boston. I'm sorry. No. Actually, not sorry. Because even my mom tried to take me to Boston. I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this sucks. But hey, like, because my thing is, I think Miami would be a nice place to live. I've never lived there, but I can imagine. I heard Miami get overrated real quick. 
but I'm just, <laughs> you know, you got guys like Gordon, like, I would never have chose Boston over Miami if I'm just picking, right? Sure. You know what I'm saying? It's like, sure. why are these guys making these decisions? It comes down to the pitch. It comes down to the situation I'm going to put you in. Yeah. Like when, uh, what was his name, LaMarcus Aldridge had the meeting with the Lakers. They're like, yeah. they're like, he's like, yo, I want to know how I'm going to be playing here. Not like they're showing him like his jersey in the rafters and this and that. It's like, no, 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 no. Like, we got to do stuff before we get to that point. Yeah. So, which I think some organizations take for granted that these guys actually care, like they care and they think about it versus their jersey and the Raptors. Because some of them are realistic too. Like some of them know that their jersey ain't gonna ever get retired. Yeah, I mean, they're in the NBA. Yeah, they're in the NBA, but at the same time, like they know what level, what tier they're on. At least the ones that are realistic. Unless you're um, my man's from uh, Miami who used to play for Cleveland. You, you you will not sit here on your radio show that I'm a guest on and disrespect Deion Waiters. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Deion Waiters really think like he uh Deion Waiters ain't wrong. How about that? What you mean know. Deion Waiters ain't wrong? No, I love guys <laughs> with outsized confidence. Like you have to <laughs> But have, like, he's hey, but he's fun as hell to watch. You have to have not necessarily on like to be <laughs> to be like a B NBA player. Oh yeah. Or a B like a C B a minus, like you have to have the most confidence in the world because you are required. Like you not on the end of the bench, right? You gonna get ticked. Yeah. And you're required to like you have to see Kyrie Irving or LeBron James or Kevin Durant across from you and be like, well, you have to you have to believe that you can beat them on any given night. Yeah. Of course, I believe in that. I mean, yeah, you yeah. gotta think like, yeah, God. you gotta be confident in your damn self. Shit, otherwise, what you in the league for? So yeah, I mean, it's, it's this dude's at the Y who got more confidence than some people. So sometimes confidence comes out in a bad shot or something <laughs> like that, and you gotta have to talk about it. But I would rather have a guy who's too confident than not confident enough every time. All right, when you break it down like that, I will take it. I'll take that. However, Deion Waiters is quite the character. But anyway. I know you got to get to going, man, because you 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 got long days, long nights. So I appreciate you coming on the show, dog. Yeah, no doubt, bro. Appreciate I know you. you I know you was on, on my you was on my ass on Instagram, like, dog, we gonna put me on. We gonna put me on. I was just like, man, you don't want my takes. All oh right. no, I got you, I got you. So I made it happen. We gonna have you on again. We will bring you on for football. All right, for All sure. Right. And tell everybody how they can find you one more time. I'm easy. I'm underscore Martin Weiss. W e i s s. Martin like Luther King Jr. See, that's that confidence. There you go. That's that confidence. Check them out, though. Uh, Fox Sports Radio, Sirius XM Channel 83, on the iCouple with Rob Parker and Chris Broussard. And he does, like, mad dope behind-the-scenes stuff for some of your favorite shows on FS1. Good brother. Detroit via New Orleans, because that's what he really rep. If you actually get him in a conversation, he'd be like, Detroit cool, but I'm all about that. No, it depends on who's asking. Depends on who's asking. And, I spent, he, and, and, he, and he went to University of Michigan. So uh, uh, I for sure spent enough time in Detroit to claim it. How many years were you in Detroit? Ten solid. Oh, well, damn. All right, so you pretty much 50-50. Like, you could go either way on any given day of the week. Yeah, when I used to throw brunch, people would uh, – I used to throw events in Detroit to those who don't know me, right? But For uh, those that don't know you, right. which is like, what, two people? I'd imagine most of the country. <laughs> nah, but uh, people used to ask me what side of the city I was from, and I'm like, nah, dog, nah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not yeah. from out here. <laughs> <laughs> they start coming to me and start trying to check you. like, wait, 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 where you from? No, I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. That, nah, nah, that's the thing. I hear people be like, hey, where you from, cuz? Detroit, what about it? Be like, oh, okay. All right. Last thing, since – Cause you've been in LA now, what two years? Three? Just years? over two. Just over two. Okay, I've been here just over three. 
what is your LA being a transplant like me? What has your LA experience been like so far? I like it. I don't love it. There's a lot of things not to love about Los Angeles, but for, I mean, for the job, it's great yeah. professionally. And yeah. but like, I wish my rent was like four hundred dollars cheaper. Well, yeah, we all do. <laughs> we all do. I wish. I wish that it didn't take me an hour at four o'clock to go to Sherman Oaks from Inglewood. Yeah. You know, I wish that that didn't like, it took, <laughs> it took me an hour to get there. And, and for those, the uninitiated, <laughs> I don't, I don't live too far from where we are right now. I know you don't. I, I left my house at four o'clock to go up to Sherman Oaks at five o'clock. When I left Sherman Oaks at six forty five, I got here at seven twenty. Yeah. So it's just to show you. Yeah. Traffic plays a massive, massive and, role. And if anybody, any of my listeners that actually know Martin and follow him on Instagram already, the rants that he goes on. Oh, my get trying to get a goddamn haircut in LA is the worst. Oh, oh, oh I wanted to hear it in person. No, oh, oh, my God. Oh. Yo, you want to hear? Okay, here you go. I got time for this. Let's go. I got time for this. No, no, no. Cause, uh, Let's look, go. Look, because my, my girlfriend's a hairdresser, right? So she, yeah. well, I quickly learned that hairdressers are not barbers. That's the first thing, right? Like, yes. I mean, you would think. One is here, one is over there. You would think. For a reason. But you would think, right? Like, you would think if I could, you know. You know, if you're a chef, you can cook Mexican and Italian, right? <laughs> you would think, like, it's all the same head, right? No, but no, 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 no. vastly different. So I don't tell that to begrudge her, but I thought I say that to say when I got with her in January, I thought I was good. Oh, turns out no, I'm back in the barbershop. Okay, and so I decided here's the situation as it stands in L.A. And I'm from Detroit, where you get your hair cut, and and having a lineup is a requirement. You get your hair cut in Detroit. Me and my my barber's from Detroit. I, have you hit him up yet? Oh no, I need to. I Come need on, to. man. He he from the D. Yeah, because he's from Detroit. If we be like we'll um we'll text each other like uh, um like hashtag L.A. Hairlines. Dude, them shits be fucked. Listen, man. So I, I got a barber. <laughs> I do have a barber. Shout out CCS Styliners on La Brea. Yeah. But here's the thing: either you walk in to a, you either walk into a barbershop. Yeah. And it takes three hours, but not three hours because the shop is full. It takes three hours because everybody got an appointment. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody got an appointment. Which you ever use the style seat app? Which yeah, which means <laughs> which means I walked into a business with, with with six people with clippers in their hands and only three of them cutting hair and the other three of them will look at me like, Did you book an appointment? I'm like, I'm here right now, cut my hair. Like you don't want this money? So then so you gotta wait, 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 and then you sit down, and now you are agitated because you've been in the barbershop for three and a half hours, your haircut is forty five dollars and it's regular. It's just regular. It, I'm not crispy. Yo, I, look I say standard. the lineup ain't sharp. It ain't. Yeah, I look standard. I look like you know, no one, no one is coming. Out. I'm not coming out the barbershop and girls going, "Woo wee, who is that?" Hell, I, hell, some of the girls don't even look at your hair like they. I don't know what they look at. But I'm just saying, I just, yeah. I walk out regular. You know when you got that cut? Yes. You know when you got that cut? Yes. So I got my boys. Make your ego go to twenty. <laughs> so my dog CC, my dog CC can give me that cut, right? Shut up. However, Uh-oh. I go out of town on Sunday. But trying to get a haircut since goddamn Saturday. Damn, really? He got at the barbershop. I call the barbershop every day. CC, are you there so I can make an appointment? CC ain't here. CC ain't here. All hours of the day and night. It's impossible. That's why I miss Detroit. Because in Detroit, these dudes who was cutting your hair. you First of all, you always had your barber number. That was fact. another thing. You I always had your barber number. number. I've all Every barber I've had since I was. 12, I've always had a number. 
But yeah, just so. So, even because even on some emergency shit, I can be like, yo, like, oh. I'm here. No, 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 no. Ain't no such thing as some emergency shit in L.A. Oh, no. Because you got to wait. Because I call. Let, let me get in touch with CC tomorrow. Let me get in touch. It's Thursday. Uh, it'll be it, Thursday morning. When I yeah. get, Let me get in touch with you tomorrow. Then I guarantee you this dude going to be like, yeah, I got a, I got. Oh, you want. Okay. What's up? Oh, what's up, Martin? Oh, yeah. You want your haircut? Okay. I got Sunday at 2 o'clock. It's Thursday. I got to wait. So you either got to wait four hours or four days to get your haircut. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I'm so lucky with my barber. That's why I keep telling you hit him up. No, I'm because he understand he understands the ethics. I have forgot. I have honestly, I have forgot. But man, at this point, like, <laughs> if I didn't need to get my hair cut, yeah, you wouldn't. No, I think that's why half the city be growing their hair out. <laughs> Real talk. If I didn't need to get my hair cut, I wouldn't. Like, if I didn't have this a, a front-facing-ish job of where, like, I have to have some type of appearance together. Sure. Right? Because I don't know who's, like, I'm meeting that day, right? Yeah. I don't know who's going to be coming in the room. Yeah. But nah, dog. Yeah. <laughs> it's the worst. It's the worst. If you if you like being a crispy, stay, stay where you at. <laughs> Facts. Facts. Because being crispy out here is, this shit is rough. It took me a while to find a bar. I was like, God damn. Matter of fact, before my boy came out here, I was getting cut by a dude from Virginia. And they damn near, same rules pretty much apply there. Crispy. Yeah. Same rules apply. It's, it's East Coast, Midwest stuff. Like, we care. Like, if I walk into a barbershop and say I want a wavelength fade, oh, there yeah. should be no more questions after that. I should be able to sit down and you should just cut my hair. Yeah. Right? I want a wavelength fade. And I walk in there like, oh, okay. What the, you know, is that a number three? Like, yo, what, Be what like, is, why are we talking numbers? Yeah. It's, it's only words. I didn't I didn't realize numbers were important until I moved to California. I was like, wait, hold on, what you mean? I did not bring my calculator. You're like, I did not have pen like you want a one or one and a half? I'm like, dog, just give me wave. Like, keep my hair wavy length. Be like, if you go to one, be like, dog, I'm damn near bald. I got to grow this back out. So, yeah, if you're listening to this, yes, I expect my barber to be clairvoyant and know exactly what I want. <laughs> <laughs> With me using minimal words to describe it. So for anybody out there that's a barber, that actually about they about it, about it, hit Martin up. He always he looking, but he has other recommendations to hit up first. Anyway, Martin, once again, thanks for coming on, brother. I appreciate it. We'll have you back on here soon, y'all. It's Wednesday nights now. I'm on vacation for two weeks, so I get back with y'all in July. I'm out here. Peace. <laughs>